Secrets, Episode 2. Bissy has missed the last two sessions. I receive an unexpected call from her this morning. I arrive at the surgery to see her seated in the chair. She appears frail and vulnerable. I detect a winch in her movement as she notices my arrival. She pretends not to have noticed me, but I know that she has. I try to make eye contact, but she looks away immediately. I walk straight into my room, puzzled by this brief encounter with her. When it is her time, she walks in, her frail hand tucked away. She is dressed in black, full black from head to toe. She wears a woolly hat that touches the brink of her eyelids. She doesn't acknowledge my presence, but takes her seat in the chair. She looks tense and tired as she places her arms in a protective position around her waist. I didn't want to come, she says finally, gently raising her eyes to meet mine. I have been experiencing debilitating nightmares. They just won't stop. I am being chased by a figure in the dark. They are wearing a mask. I am filled with fear that they will remove the mask or that it will fall off. I tell the person I won't tell anyone. Just keep the mask on. The person's voice doesn't sound like mine. It sounds young. It reminds me of my younger self. It's a sweet voice pleading with this potential attacker, this figure in the dark. He keeps running and laughing at the same time. He tells me to stop running, that he will overpower me, that it's just a matter of time. I run for what appears to be eternity. It comes to a halt when I reach the edge of a cliff. I have a split minute decision to stay or to jump or to allow the assailant to catch up with me. I am about to jump and then my heart skips a beat when I hear a familiar voice say, Bissy, it's me, don't jump. As I turn around for reassurance, they remove their mask and I jump into nothingness. I have been running ever since, Bissy says sadly. I want to find some stability in my life. I want to feel grounded. She doesn't cry, she doesn't move, but spends the remainder of the session in silence. Her head bowed down, her woolly hat shielding her eyes. I ask her whether her dream has anything to do with what she told me last session, that she is taboo. I think about the word and its sounding oo and the mystery that surrounds it. I tell her that I am curious about her description of herself as taboo but she says nothing.
She looks at me coldly, toying with her fragile hand. I have been running all my life, she says again, matter-of-factly. It must be easy for you sitting there as the expert, asking me questions. I watch her eyes. They are empty like the autumn trees losing their glory in preparation for winter. My home was filled with secrets, secrets and lies, she says, as she crosses and uncrosses her long slender legs. My life has been filled with shame, the shame of a generation and generations to come, she says. She begins to dig deep into her arms, picking her skin as she does so, drawing blood. She looks lost, but a flood of relief sweeps over her face. She mutters something under her breath. Standing up quickly, she disappears out of the door before I can say goodbye.